Hello everybody and welcome to Tip Top Tech. This is a project by three college friends where we give you our two cents on today's tech news. And wow has it been a long time since we recorded. Schedules have been a little hectic and Haley had finals and Matthew and I are working. So, so glad we were finally able to get together um, to record. Starting with intros, I guess, um, for episode number four. My name is Mike. I'm Matthew. I'm Haley. And we are happy to be here. Um, cool. So we're going to start out with the articles. Um, Matthew, you want to go first? All right. Well, have you guys heard of the drink, the uh, Long Island iced tea? <laughs> yes. Have I? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but have you also heard of Long Island Iced Tea Corporation? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, if you're not familiar, let me acquaint you. Um, at Long Island Iced Tea, they carefully crafted an iced tea that reminds you of those sun-drenched days spent on the beach. Sounds pretty good so okay. far. Yeah, uh, using only yeah. natural uh, natural fruit flavoring, pure 100% cane sugar, and non-GMO tea leaves. Unlike the other guys that prefer to use tea-flavored syrup powder, a uh, refreshingly natural beverage was created. <laughs> natural and premium it... from Mother Nature's top shelf. Okay, liking that so far. Is this a, is this a sponsor? Or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With their founder, Pearl Long Island. Okay. Um, okay. So they they sell tea. That's it. Just kidding. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really no. have words. I was like, <laughs> but also, also, as of December twenty first, they are now known as Long Island Blockchain Corporation. What? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. So um, from the people who brought you teas such as peach, mango, lemon, sweet tea, raspberry, uh, guava, and other lemonades. Um, <laughs> from the exclusive <laughs> provider of peach and guava tea. <laughs> They're now shifting their primary corporate focus towards the exploration of and investment in opportunities that leverage the benefits of blockchain technology. Quote from them. The, uh, the morning after they announced this um, shift, name change, their stock jumps up 300% from 245 to 797. Oh my god. Holy crap. They've um, <laughs> fallen back down to 480. Wow. Recently. But... So they just decided to start. So, hmm. They're selling tea. Where is the blockchain integration there then? Is what I'm confused about. Um, we can talk about what blockchain is in a second, but what where does blockchain come into a company that's trying to sell tea? So the thing is, it doesn't relate at all. Okay. <laughs> it's just a totally... they're, they're just jumping straight in. Really, just so, a totally separate. Yeah, they and um, they've listed a a few of the things here. They're only in the preliminary stages of evaluating blockchain tech. Should we explain what that is? Yeah, we so... Maybe should. <laughs> yeah, probably. Do you want to take a stab at it, Matthew? Okay, so blockchain is basically the underlying technology between or underneath uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, and it's a distributed ledger of transactions that um, anyone can verify. Yeah, so essentially it's... Um... Uh, you keep a public record of everywhere that every product has ever been. And because of that, you reduce the need for like middlemen. Um, if you, mm -hmm. what you're doing when you, when you use blockchain is you transfer over, um, so you, like the latest act, uh, transaction in a blockchain is moving, is like adding to that ledger that, um, that whatever the thing that you that piece of code has moved from one place to another. And that's the actual transaction. Um, 
And so it's just a way of publicly verifying. And it, it's uh, it's kind of like the the future of crowdsourcing, basically. Remember when crowdsourcing was big and Kickstarter came along and everything, everybody reached out to um, people to give money and whatever. In this case, everybody's reaching out for people to independently verify um, a ledger of everything. And it yeah, reduces fraud significantly. It makes it really difficult to like, um, which is why cryptocurrencies are are so difficult to uh, to manipulate is because it's increasing ex exceedingly difficult to um, like fake ledgers or to uh, to falsify ledgers or to um, create fake Bitcoin you know or, or Ethereum or Litecoin or whatever. Basically, if you um, want to create fakes or fake transactions or something, you need the network majority to agree on it. And and when it's distributed among thousands or maybe millions of computers, that's unbelievably difficult generally i'm glad yeah glad you guys can explain that i've watched like several ted talk videos and <laughs> even somebody in like our class presented on blockchain and i still i'm just like <laughs> all i know is that it takes up like it's kind of like an energy concern as well Super because is. um uh because one form of the blockchain i can't remember which type because there's like two types and the one type which is what bitcoin uses is like environmentally concerning because it uses so much power mm -hmm. but the other type is, is more eco-friendly oh really I that's all you're <laughs> nice yeah no i can't even remember like what they're called so <laughs> that's how much i paid attention well we'll follow up in a future episode <laughs> that that was definitely one of my articles from a previous episode i was no what, wait you want to yours <laughs> yeah, one of mine? Yep. because we uh, talked about was it one of yours i think well, it was uh, blockchain i think we both looked at it actually. a single bitcoin transaction uses as much energy as your house in a week was mm -hmm. the that was the one i talked about moving back to matthew's article do you think then that more companies that are right now completely outside of blockchain or um, you know, publicly, I don't, so getting into the blockchain business, I guess, doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but do you think that this is indicative of potentially a trend, just like initial coin offerings where people are going to start offering investments in themselves? Do you think other companies are going to jump on this bandwagon of, of trying to get into blockchain? I know one already has, um, there's a biotech company or something that cha also changed their name to include blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's like Gosh. a requirement. Um, we could make Matt, we could make Matthew Haley Michael um, blockchain LLC. I also saw um, a new coin called Dentacoin for dentistry <laughs> or something. I, I'm not um. quite sure what it is, but it's called Dentacoin. Dentacoin. Yeah. It has to do with uh, your teeth. <laughs> well, so like, like grills, you get the you get the coins uh, molded to your teeth, and then that's okay. The... <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, this company was uh, definitely doing it for um, attention because this company. Yeah. Well, somebody on Reddit they looked at their uh, financial investor reports. Uh, there was negative net income and getting worse, <coughs> negative cash oh. flow from operations and getting worse, so runaway operating expenses, oh, negative whoops. EPS, only about 400k in cash. Maybe it's like a last uh, last ditch thing to be like, no, we can Pop still make it. it. <laughs> mm. We're trendy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, it, it worked. Yeah, apparently. Cool. Well, Haley, what did you have? Um. So if you have an iPhone like me, which I know you guys don't, but I have an iPhone 6S. And uh, recently, Apple's come under fire because mm. it was announced that they are slowing down. They released software updates 
to older iPhones, mainly like iPhone 6, 6S, SE, and iPhone 7, um, <clears throat> they release these software updates to actually slow down the iPhone like processor because their batteries are basically kind of crappy. So while the battery is like getting worse, instead of being like, hey, you should just re- like replace the battery, which fixes the problem, they release software updates to basically slow down iPhones in order to like keep them functional, but they didn't tell users they were doing that. So that was the issue. Um, and currently they face eight lawsuits. Um, yep, they face eight lawsuits currently. Uh, and then there's one lawsuit um, that is $999 billion from a wow. Violetta Malian in California where like they said person. that... Yeah, like a person is <laughs> filing this lawsuit. Wow. <laughs> and um, their argument is that because of the slowdown and people didn't, you know, weren't aware, they thought their iPhones were just crappy and they they did things to try and fix them. So they spent money trying to fix something that couldn't be fixed. Uh, and then they went out and would buy new iPhones. Oh, so, so this is like the, the capital loss that people incurred because they, yeah, it was yeah. a problem. Hmm. Yep, and so I think there's also one in Israel right now, a lawsuit, and I'm not sure where the other uh, six lawsuits are. They're still locally Well, are they? I didn't think they were. I thought that some some markets were, like, not uh, not available. I don't know if that could be totally ignored. I have no idea, but, but, yeah, so it was a... Tonga, or... Yep, (laughs) so it was after, like, it was December 18th when it was, like, a Reddit like post uh from this company called primate labs they have the Geekbench, which is a software that's like a cross-platform processor benchmark mm. uh they discovered that basically even though the battery because you know phones they get old the batteries you know get old and they're not as good as they used to be that's totally normal and expected right <clears throat> but the processor should still be the same you should be getting the same like performance regardless mm-hmm. and they notice that iphone's were significantly dropping and they came to the conclusion that it was a software update and then Apple kind of came out and they're like, yeah, we did that. And we didn't tell (laughs) you guys. Yeah, so I heard about the story too and my least favorite thing about it was that they couched it in like, oh, we're trying to make it better for you. Like we're trying to make the battery last longer so that you like, we're throttling performance for your benefit. Like let me Mm -hmm. take care of my crappy battery. Like I will walk around with a charger all of the time. Don't throttle my, granted I don't care because I'm on an Android. Android. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't actually think that, but I think. Yeah. That was the most frustrating part to me was that Apple was not taking responsibility for it at all. They were just like, well, mm-hmm. no, we're doing it for your good, so you should be happy, which is totally uh, frustrating to me. Yep. And I'm uh excited to see the outcome of the lawsuits. I yeah, know. That's true. I want to so Well, because Apple's, of all uh, of this. Exactly. It's and also, you know, the whole thing that people are like, "Oh, like anytime Apple releases like a new iPhone, they purposely make the other ones obsolete in some way so you go out and buy the new one yeah which i mean that was also i believe like kind of confirmed that the software updates at the release for you know the ios updates which are for the new phones don't exactly translate very well for the older phones right it's like inherently more difficult for the older phones to run the same 
same stuff because of the optimization and everything that they have for that. Yeah, no, so that, to me, like, planned obsolescence is something that is really frustrating and that I, you know, I dislike as a consumer, but I also totally see it from a business standpoint that if a company mm-hmm. releases, like, the, you know, the actual physical hardware on the phones is not going to break, you know, the, the, the yeah. processor isn't going to, like, burn up and the screen, I mean, the only thing that's really, to me, malleable is, or, or breakable, destructible, and are any physical buttons and then the pixels on the screen like pixels might die mm-hmm. but theoretically a cell phone could last for 10 12 15 years if theoretically they continued trying to support that and it would be slow by the end of that time because of how fast yeah. technology progresses but but it, planned obsolescence is something i mean it's a way that the company continues making money they they can they keep the demand up so that prices can still be high which yeah I, I mean i don't like but the rational part of me tells me that i shouldn't be that upset but that's um i know it's it's just frustrating for me more so with like the iphones with just how frequent they come out um when i got an iphone 6s uh it was i think either just before or just after the iphone 7 came out and i can't exactly remember you know iphone 8 came out and iphone 10 come out and it's like just even more frustrating because they're coming out frequently. It fe- feels like the iPhone 7 like just came out not that long ago, and now they already yeah. have two new phones. Yeah, the 8 and the 10. Well, so I'm going to Google I'm... Pixel after this, so... <laughs> yeah, I would like to be in... I would have liked to have been in Apple's uh, like disaster recovery rooms um, yep. <laughs> when all of a sudden this article came out and they were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, oh, no, they know. For, yeah, like... 24-hour days trying to figure out what kind of PR announcement to make. Although I'm sure they had to know that that was going to happen eventually. There's no way that they thought that they that Apple, a company that big, could reasonably think that they could do that when their market is so large and have it go completely under the radar forever. There's no way. So mm-hmm. maybe they already had a statement prepared. Cool. Well, my... <laughs> um, the article I read is almost like an episode of Black Mirror. Um, and it's about Ooh. China is... It's actually like there is straight up an episode of Black Mirror about this. China is coming out now with um, a credit score that's also also a social credit score. And so what it is oh, is um, yeah. because almost everything in China is done through, um, there are two major apps that basically do everything. There are super apps. Um, one of them is WeChat and one of them is Alibaba. Um, and so this article was about Alibaba, it was in Wired Magazine, is about um, this reporter who mm-hmm. moved to China, who had lived in China for, uh, for quite a few years in the past, and then moved away and then came back and noticed the shift to all digital payments. So everybody was paying for everything in their phones. There's no cash. You don't need to go to the yep. bank to get whatever. Um, yeah, with the WeChat thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. With the WeChat, uh, I don't, WeChat Pay and Alipay is what I think it's called. Alipay is the yep. one that this this particular reporter was using but the idea is that it gives you a credit score um and i think it's 350 up to 900 or maybe 850 or something i don't remember what the high end was but uh, pretty similar to american credit scores but the thing is it also takes into account um like what all of your contacts and your friends in which uh, in alipay um the across all the alley apps you have like an alley friends list or whatever um and it takes mm-hmm. into account all of their scores as well it's called the sesame score i want to say or sesame pay it's it i mean whatever the chinese word for sesame is i can't remember but um it takes into account yeah your friend scores um as well as it's actually the scary part of this the reason that it's that it's especially frightening to me in orwellian is because the government has now put out like blacklists of people like don't let the you know um alibaba has 
partnered with the Chinese government um, right. in some regard, and the government has sent like criminal records to Alibaba, and so you automatically can't have a certain like you start way lower than everybody else if you have a criminal record, mm -hmm. and then the, the hard part is um, if you start low, it's very hard to get high, get above the, the score that like you're at. Like climb ladder. Exactly. Well, right. So that's. Um, yeah, you gotta go. I guess presumably be like a good citizen and make your payments on time. And um, the hardest part, I think, is that the the like middle class, so to speak, the people in the middle of the range, are gonna have the hardest time moving upward um, mm -hmm. because the people at the top don't want to be negatively impacted by having friends who are much lower than them. And so what they'll do, there's this trend um, to where people get like defriended, so to speak. And then because of that, their average score among their friends goes down, and so then their score goes down. And then it's like a negative feedback loop where their score is lower, so then even the people at the top of their range defriend them so their score goes lower, and then it keeps, and eventually you just fall to the bottom of this pit. Um, and it's, it, I think the scores are updated monthly. Um, so every month if you make your payments and you're like being a, you know, a good citizen, presumably. Um, but then there's things about it even that are like, if you have been um, found guilty of spreading rumors about the party, the party of China, online. So like reporters a lot of times have a hard time upping their score because they mm -hmm. put out these stories that are then seen by the government as like coercion and libel and slander, um, even though it's just reporting. And so it's a very like dystopian kind of idea that everybody walks around with this score. And the... Mm -hmm. um, because Alipay or Alibaba is so popular, it's like got like mm, 350 million users or something, or that might be the number of smartphone users in China. But um, it's got some crazy high number of users and it's like the majority of the population uses it. And then it's basically, it turns it into like a game where you click the like start my credit journey or whatever. And then it it's like, you were doing good this month. And it gives you a little, it's kind of like a, like a reward system where if you if you go up in points it'll be like good job you're like on the right track but you still have room to go and so it's kind of like a, like a psychological thing as well gaming people into trying to be the best citizens that they can be but does it um sounds like a brainwashing thing to me does it tell you what score your friends have or if your friends are mm, good or bad yes i think you can see your friends scores I'm actually not sure about that. I don't think the article touched on that. But I know that I don't watch Black Mirror, but my friends were talking to me about an episode of Black Mirror that included something about this. Yeah, there is, like, a Black Mirror episode that's basically everyone uses this. I don't even want to say it's an app just because it is, like, so integral, like, integrated part of everyone's lives. Like, you know, there's, like, neighborhoods where you can, like, you can't even put an offer on a house if you're not, like... A certain score I think it's like a like from zero to five like stars basically so everyone is like rated and you know you purchase something and you guys like it's like you know uber right now like oh like this it used to be like yeah my driver was really good and now uber drivers can like also rate you like oh they were a good passenger as well like blah 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 mm -hmm. so it's basically like a back and forth like anytime you do anything and you give out good scores and if you give someone a bad score obviously they go down and yeah. They're like they can't get certain products if they're a certain score, so that's kind of disturbing. And that's actually exactly how it is in China too. Like you, um, you can't apply to live in certain housing complexes, for example, yep. if your score isn't high enough, or like you're you can't get loans if your score. And that's more to do. I mean, loans, I guess, is more to do with credit scores. But like, I mean, it. it so right now, it seems pretty kind of back burner. Um, right now, there's no, there's nothing nefarious about it. It's just like a 
like a way for China to arbitrarily score people, I shouldn't say arbitrarily, a way for China to um, objectively score people, objectively in air quotes, um, mm -hmm. for those of you who are listening and can't see me. Um, <laughs> nothing nefarious about it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, nothing nefarious. It just, and it's not to say that Americans don't have scores rating us. Um, of course, there's credit scores from, it's the FICO credit score, right? That's, it's, you know, in, in TransUnion and Experian and What's the other one that just got out? Equifax. Um, you know, they keep our credit scores and everything. And then there are other databases that have information about the public, um, like about people you can go on, look at them and whatever. But the, the issue there is that it, that's not integrated into some super app that we're using every day to complete every single one of our transactions. And this is, this Alipay is integrated into everything. And so the thing right now about it is that you, you can choose not to opt in. It's an opt in thing. And so you can just choose not to have one of these scores. Um, and so presumably if you know that you're like hang out in low circles or whatever, or if you have missed payments or something, then, mm -hmm. um, you know, theoretically you can just choose not to have this score. But then you get automatically put on the watch list. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I, so that's it's all right. So maybe right now there's no consequences, but in the future that could look pretty shady about like, Oh, why didn't you join the credit score list? So pretty grim. That's honestly terrifying. Just the fact that a real country is doing it is nuts to me. And if China, if one of the major world powers is doing it, I imagine it's only a certain amount of time before the rest of the world starts doing something similar. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know how, how well that would be received. Well, um, I'm sure, I mean, yeah, that's true. And actually, um, the, the author of the article made a really good, or made a, an interesting point that there isn't yet an app like Alibaba or WeChat in the US that centralizes everything completely. We still use a bunch of different third, like the US bank app to pay credit card bills and the, um, you know, the like, I suppose with like Apple Pay, um, you know, and Samsung Pay, I don't use those. Um, I mean, I don't have an Apple or Samsung, so I guess whatever, but I don't use Android Pay or anything. But, you know, but like we pay credit card bills with one app and we um, transfer money with another one and we chat with people on a different one and we like we use the Amazon app to buy things. So right now it's all kind of uh, kind of spread out and decentralized. But the idea is if like Amazon started keeping track of which they do keep track of a lot of things already. But if they started keeping track of more than just your purchase history, then that's, you know, it could evolve into something pretty scary. But well, right. so moving on to entertainment, Matthew. You started the last one. So, Haley, we're going to have you start with what piece of media um, or book or movie or something have you consumed recently that either has or has not been impactful? Would you recommend it, and what did you think about it? I saw the new Star Wars movie. No, that's what I was going to say. The only thing I could think of. Yeah, no, that's good. What did you think of it? Without spoilers. Um, yeah, no, no spoilers. So, everybody, I had talked to had seen it before me was like raving about how good a movie it was and it's amazing and so I was pretty pumped and so my sister and I saw it and it was good it was not a bad movie it just wasn't as amazing as everyone was making it sound mm, did it get overhyped yeah, I, yeah, it got overhyped. But now the thing is, is that as, I, as I talk to more people, a lot of more people like have the same opinion as I do, saying like, yeah, it was good, but it wasn't amazing, like I everyone I didn't think saying. it was phenomenal. A couple of my friends were like, yeah, this is probably my favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, no, this is my least favorite, probably. Really? Well, Your okay, not not in all of them? No, not the we're Jar -Jar not talking about <laughs> We're not talking about prequels. <laughs> prequels are the favorite exception. <laughs> Sith Lord Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that theory is Jar -Jar my favorite. Vader. 
anyway. Um, yeah, it yeah. was, it was yeah. good. Yeah. Not I agree. I, um, I, I mean, I went into it not having read really any reviews or, or talked to anybody about it, and so I didn't have a whole lot of expectations coming in. And I figured, you know, being being Disney, it's such an enormously high budget that there's no way it could be, like, really terrible. Um, but, and there were a lot of things I did really like about it. But, yeah, there were a couple, there are a couple little uh, qualms that I have. <laughs> but it was yeah, fun was to just... watch. It was, like, a fun, I enjoyed the movie. I don't know how well, to for me, it played. Also, okay, full disclosure, I'm not, like, a humongous Star Wars fan. I mean, I enjoy the series, but, I like, I haven't seen any of them, I don't think, more than once other than Seven. Um, I might have seen a couple of the originals more than once when I was growing up, but it was not, mm -hmm. it's not something that's been a really huge part of like my entertainment life. And so I, to me, it's just like, it was probably seven out of 10. Like it's just, just another action movie that I thought was pretty interesting. There were a couple, yeah, like I said, little things that are sort of frustrating and, you know, about who characters were and how the story's going to advance and why, mm, why it Superman was... happened. I was so mad about the <laughs> Superman scene. Um, but regardless, that's... Uh, yeah. I've been was... living under the Star Wars rock for most of my life. Have you not seen them? I, I've seen, like, two, and I don't know which ones they are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's valid. It's, um, yeah. It's just passing me by. Um, weird. Well, since Star Wars was going to be mine, I guess I don't have one. Oh, this is interesting. I've been reading um, a book by C.S. Lewis called Mere Christianity. And it starts with him talking about, um, like, there is good and evil in the universe. And here's why we can see this. Um, and then he moves from, so, like, that's the very basis. His very first point is that, like, there exists good and evil in the universe. Or, or like, good things and bad things. And then from there he moves to, like, if there are bad things... That means there must be a supremely good thing or like an objectively good thing that you're comparing that to, right? So mm -hmm. if there, because otherwise things wouldn't be bad, they just would be. Um, and so if something's bad, that means that it could be better, which means there is a standard that you uphold things to. Um, and then from there, that standard must be outside of you and me or we would all be able to achieve it theoretically. And so that's something external to us. So then there's a, like a something above us that's objectively good. And he moves on from point to point to point. Mm -hmm. um, in a really logical and, in my opinion, difficult to argue with manner. Um, and it's really like, there's a couple really powerful quotes in it that I really like. Um, and I already thoroughly enjoy C.S. Lewis's writing. So I would highly recommend that. It's pretty short. Um, it's probably like 120 pages of pretty decent sized text. Um, so I'd recommend it. It's, yeah, like a book about right now. I haven't really gotten to... I, 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 we're just kind of getting into the Christianity side of things, but up until this mm -hmm. point, it's basically just been spirituality. Um, talking about how, you know, the way we exist really points to the fact that there is like a supreme force or being or whatever. There's a force between everything, light and dark, good and evil, life and death. Gets the funny because Star Wars get it. Anyway. Yeah, I'd recommend that. C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. Matthew? Okay. <laughs> do you have a thing to talk about Matthew? I do. Any, anytime now. Anytime. Matthew. Yeah, Matthew, I meant as in like, you're up, Matthew. Yeah, okay. yeah I know. All right, I'll be very explicit on what I want to say to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matthew, please talk about your entertainment topic right now. Well, you don't have to say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> say it like Okay, so recently I've been watching, or I, I have watched, um, a Netflix series called Dark. Hmm. And um, it, it's pretty dark. 
<laughs> Go figure. <laughs> um, it's it's a German language drama, uh, mystery, crime, something, something like that. Um, it looks really good. Have you seen it? No, or I ha- I've seen like the trailers because Net- Netflix keeps like recommending it to me. <laughs> Yeah, so I want to, no, I want to watch it because I watched the trailer and it looks really good. Yeah, it, it is really good. So it's, um, it's about, uh, five, I think, families that live in the, the small town of Vinden, Germany, and, um, there's some mysterious things that, that are happening and, um. So it's Stranger Things in German. It's, it's not, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I haven't seen Stranger Things. You could and compare I didn't really, it. I didn't really mean that comparison. Kinda superficial, uh, but um, yeah, there's there's weird time stuff, and um, it's about, I guess, how these bad events uh, affect the people, and how they deal f- with it. Hmm. So it's in German. Mm-hmm. Are you watching it with subtitles then? Yeah. Okay. Do you speak German at all? Nope. Nope, you went to Japan. Just kidding. I was thinking <laughs> you went somewhere else. Okay. Not that language. <laughs> <laughs> nope, very different. Um, one, one thing about it, um, I guess this is a sort of hallmark of German TV, is uh, they tend to overdo it on the music. Oh. <laughs> uh, but they don't have the other hallmark of German TV, which is bad acting. <laughs> so, so it, I, I would recommend it. Oh, that's good. Don't let the music steer you away. <laughs> it's it's many, good music, though. How many seasons and how many episodes? It's season? Um, one season right now. It oh. just got released, ah. like, December 1st. And uh, 10 episodes, and it's already been renewed for season two. Wow. Nice. Boy, Netflix is really killing it with the TV shows. I it's Yeah. I mean, I suppose that makes sense. Again, high enough budget, you can make a lot of really good things. But they also put out like 15 new shows per year. How is that sustainable? I don't understand that at all. But whatever. No idea. They're just becoming a giant media conglomerate. What about Disney? Disney's going to rule Who the world. Who just bought uh, Fox. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. The Fox. They just bought the majority of Fox. Minus like the sports and the news and like basically all the Republican parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Like, no. We'll you can pass keep on that. that. Um, yeah, no, Disney's going to own the world. And then eventually Google is going to buy Disney and then Google and Amazon are going to merge at some point. Um, and then there's going to be one super organization and it's going to turn out to be the Chinese government. And we're all screwed. <laughs> cool. Moving on to philosophy. Um, in line with the article that I talked about, do you think it's possible to have a morally proper rating, social rating system? Probably not. You don't think so? No. I mean, well, I'm a pessimist, I suppose. (laughs) Well, and also, it's just like, you know, with all the Machiavellianism in the world, I feel like, certainly, there will always be those people that are looking out for themselves and trying to do things for themselves. And also, because I was, you know, thinking about that and the whole, like, oh, if you have a certain rating, like, what all with this entail because in the black mirror episode where they use a social rating there was a story told in this episode where this person's husband was denied vital cancer treatment because his rating was one tenth of a point below mm. what was allowed so he died wow and then that you know and then it's like well is that ethical and you know whatnot and i think like no probably not <laughs> <laughs> like no i don't think it's ethical that you let someone die because of one tenth of a point so i, I don't know i think 
I don't really think there is a way you could implement a system like that. It's hard to really imagine what that would look like. Like, it, it, I guess it would have to be based on laws, and then, right. right. Okay, so that's, then you'd have to get the laws right first. That's true. And how are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lord knows it's not. Anyway, not that way right now. That's true. So you'd have to, so the objective part of it would have to be something outside of people saying, um, like outside of individuals, you couldn't just say, well, I don't like that you did this, so I'm going to make your score be lower because it's like you took this unflattering photo of me or whatever. Um, exactly. It would have to be something that, and then how, I guess the follow-up question would be how much of a role do we, do individuals get to play in their own or other people's ratings because obviously if someone comes up and punches you at a bar you want to be able to give them a lower rating um, mm -hmm. but if people can based on their interactions rate other others just at at any given time or maybe it's in like five minute increments or something um or yeah what would you so what would define an interaction how do you define an interaction with somebody and then what if somebody is like a hermit and doesn't ever interact with anybody but has never committed any crimes is like perfectly on time with other payments and everything and doesn't you know even if they're borrowing from a government from or from loans or whatever they get all their money in on time and they don't commit crimes and they're not spreading hate speech or anything then do they have a higher score or do they have a lower score because people can't interact with them i guess my immediate reaction to this is that no there will never be a perfectly more not perfectly there will never be a morally just rating system that could be implemented mm -hmm. on a wide scale but that's not to say that there can't be one that's close it seems to me like you could objectively say i guess that's operating this is operating under the presumption that um we get like dna testing correct which is currently um sort of effective but not completely and we still convict people wrongly all the time um but if we set out a set of like basic laws um, that would be like if you murder someone or if you commit a violent crime against somebody. Oh, see, this gets into so many gray areas about like what if it's an act of self-defense, right? Yeah. So then, or like what if you're, you know, stealing medicine to give it to somebody who's about to die because you can't afford it, but then you're saving somebody's life, but you stole. Hmm. So okay, we I already have a system set up for this. We have courts, we have police, we have prisons yeah, we have fines punitive justice system right so the one in place i guess even if i've committed a crime in the past like if i've committed a petty crime and i walk into a store people don't necessarily immediately know that unless i'm on some kind of wanted list or mm -hmm. i'm like a um if somebody is a child defender um, or a child like a child sex offender right a pedophile then you do get put on a list and you people do know about that immediately as soon as you move into a neighborhood all your neighbors find out about it and everything um but if i've like stolen a car or something people don't know that immediately when i walk into it versus if i have this score walking around with me connected to my cell phone or or you know like a barcode or a chip implanted in me or something um mm -hmm. then people do immediately have an idea of how it is or is not okay to treat me right there's there are permissible actions against supposedly i could see some people saying there are permissible actions against felons or against people who evade taxes or something so no i guess i rescind that statement about that there could be one in the future there that i know there's no way that there could be a completely objective and a completely moral morally upstanding rating system i do not so think that, that can exist i i think i, I i'm not sure that 
creating a morally sound system like this or um, like how we create it is the question to be asking. I think like the question is more, is it possible, um, like, like if we had one, no, <laughs> no. Is, is, is the concept of a rating system itself uh, oh, morally acceptable? That is a much better question. And, and I think no. My gut reaction to that is that it totally depends. This is kind of a cop out, but <laughs> whether I agree or disagree with that depends on where I'm at in my life and what what my life has looked like. So for me personally, um, I've never committed any crimes that I can think of other than. Well, nope, not going to say that out loud. Um, <laughs> Michael's committed so many crimes. I'm just going to restart this right now. <laughs> I guess my answer. I, think, <laughs> I guess my answer is, if it were perfectly objective, then yes, there could exist a a rating system. Okay, what does perfectly objective mean? Well, here? so that's right. I mean, it's a hypothetical. It's if it were if there were a way that were completely outside. So if aliens came and raided people. It's so, some alien race that we had never had any so contact a, with. So alien, an alien race uh, that has never had any contact with humans is um, holds the objective standard for morality? <laughs> well, objective meaning not, not subject to one person's inter interpretation or corruption. Like, yes, it may not be fair, and I may not like it, but it is objective if okay. aliens come and rape me. Rape well, me. Um, that, that's pretty easy to make then, right? Yeah, I suppose. Well, I mean, no, we have to find an intelligent alien race that's willing to observe us, but well, we, it's easy to think about. Well, we, we could still do that ourselves, I think. An objective rating system? Uh, well, oh. Hmm. I guess no. I guess that the more I think about this, the more I'm frustrated because I want it to be able to exist because I feel like I would be rated highly. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions I was thinking about this is... Um, how much would this be affected by your past actions? Like, say, is it judging you over the past 10 years, five years, mm -hmm. one year, month? Yeah, so then what, it, what is the proper time frame for that? Is it I, I don't think it's too long. <laughs> right, so maybe the last year, I guess? But then again, if something really big happens in a year... Maybe that's not characteristic of you as a whole. Right, that's true. Mm. That's true. Maybe, you know a parent died or something and so you're acting very differently than you have in the past in years prior previous it seems like the most the fairest way to do it would be to somehow measure a sampling a random sampling of days or of weeks or something from or take a large number of small chunks um out of your so yeah if you sampled like 52 weeks from your entire life um that would be a year's worth of data or of days um, but it wouldn't be the past year necessarily. So that would be a little bit more objective because you would, but then what if you did something really bad in your teen years that would, that might stick with you throughout your entire life. So, so how, how can this be objective? Um, if, if you're, if the time limit you're, you're placing on this is arbitrary. Yeah, I probably can't. <laughs> well, it's a bad idea. Let's, let's not do this. <laughs> rating systems, yeah. Bad idea. And finally, we're going to move to our rotating segment, which is what? Oh, here's an interesting one. This is kind of like a fun thing. Holidays are like a happy, joyous time, right? Where you get to talk to other people you haven't seen in a while and and have fun. And ending on a happy note now instead of dystopian, crazy, oh. 
rating system futures. Um, what's something that you get complimented on or that you're proud about, about yourself? And I can start, because I know this is always a hard question for me to answer usually, except that somebody asked me recently, so I thought about it. And the thing I get complimented on the most, which is why the toothbrush from my parents that I got for Christmas was the most, um, like, you practical and useful gift I've ever gotten, is because the thing I get complimented most on is my teeth. Um, I had braces and an expander twice. I had both braces and an expander twice, um, which was just awful. And I had to like crank it every night, and it just put. If, if anybody doesn't know what an expander is, it hooks to your like back molars in the top of your mouth, and then you have to crank it, and it's basically like a like a screw it screw type mechanism that like pushes outward a teeny tiny little bit every time you crank it. And so every night you turn it like a half crank or whatever, and then it um, pushes your upward jaw your upper jaw outward because my lower jaw was bigger than my upper jaw and so in order to avoid crossbite and whatever teeth so I had this expander twice um, and I got I think I've had five adult teeth pulled maybe three only um, and I now have straight teeth and I um, floss every night and brush twice a day with this really interesting re plaque resonant frequency <laughs> sensitive toothbrush um, but I get compliments on my teeth a lot. Yeah, they look okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> no, like fine look good. Teeth, I guess. <laughs> Let's uh, make the next uh, thumbnail for our podcast just Michael's just teeth. Just my teeth. <laughs> um, I have been getting compliments at work recently for the work I'm doing and oh, um, nice. that I'm doing it well. I'm picking it up. And the, Excellent. They're, they're happy with me. Like the code you're writing or the, the language you're learning or what? Um, yeah, the code I'm writing. I haven't learned any new languages that I've used, really. Yeah. I, I'm learning closure. Oh, yeah, you talked about that. It's, it's really mm -hmm. fun. Isn't that spelled with, with a J instead of an closure. S? Closure. 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 Anyway, not to detract. That's <laughs> awesome. That's really cool, because that's um, something that, talk about objective, like if other people tell you you're doing a good job, that is usually true. So awesome. Glad to hear that. Haley? Um, well, we just got our grades back actually a lot earlier this semester. Um, so, uh, I got all A's this semester, which nice. I don't Ooh, think has nice. ever happened That's awesome. for a very long time. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so I got like a, an A in capstone, which was really great. Like I got a lot of compliments on my presentation and my paper, um, professor was like really impressed which was great because i thought i was going to like get a c in this class or something um and i also did really well in theoretical foundations foundations which is um like a more mathy type of class and i'm really bad at this so i got an a in that too nice. and i i'm my very first as i took in that class i got like a 12 out of 20 Whoops. Which was not, yeah, not very good. But I was happy because it wasn't a zero. I thought I completely failed. <laughs> then I got a twelve out of twenty. Put a giant frowny face over the whole test. Yeah, or I don't know. I was like, you can do better. But then I, I, I got better. So, yeah, oh, I uh, worked really hard this semester, and it really paid off. So good, awesome, congratulations! That's really sweet. The four O semester. Yeah, I don't even know if I got one of those. So good for you. <laughs> sweet. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today on Tip Top Tech. Thank you to Matthew and Haley, my co-hosts, and everybody, make sure that your ratings stay high. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.